Hello and welcome to Africa and the Global Illicit Economy, brought to you by the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. I'm your host, Lindim Tongana. In today's episode, we're in South Africa, specifically KwaZulu-Natal province, or KZN, the epicenter of political assassinations. Natal ANC councillor who's been gunned down in Kwanuswa outside Durban. The details of the killing uh, is not clear at this stage. Well, the hunt is on for two suspects who shot and killed an ANC leader near Margate. The task team dealing with political killings in KwaZulu-Natal has 32 more cases since June 2021. A gangster's paradise is what some have called it. KwaZulu-Natal province on South Africa's east coast, where the powerful, the political, the taxi bosses and tenderpreneurs converge in a deadly competition for influence and wealth. The governing party, the African National Congress, or ANC, is seemingly at the center of it all. Between 2015 and 2019, about 90 people with some official standing had been murdered in the province where I live, which is KwaZulu-Natal. And they were either municipal councillors or political party officials, and the vast majority of them were affiliated to the ANC. That's Greg Arday, journalist and author of War Party, how the ANC's political killings are breaking South Africa. We'll hear plenty more from him in this episode. First though, some context. The African National Congress came to power in 1994 as the first democratically elected government of a free South Africa. With the apartheid defeated, the liberation heroes turned politicians rode a wave of support built on promises of a better life for all. But 28 years later, the ANC, still in power, has begun to crumble, eroded by corruption, factionalism, and, as the Global Initiative's assassinations monitoring data suggests, a frightening capacity for violence. 1,971 assassinations have been recorded in South Africa between 2000 and 2021. Research analyst Kwaita Tobela explains the GI's latest findings. The database defines assassinations as a killing targeted at a specific person where there's either a clear political, economic or personal motive and the killing is undertaken by a third party. And this third party can be an external hitman or someone within the political or organized group. Our database has showed that assassinations continue to grow. There has been an overall increase from the period that we started recording the assassinations, which is from 2000 up until 2021. And it's divided into four categories, politically motivated assassinations, assassinations that are related to organized crime, assassinations that are taken out for personal reasons, and assassinations that are related to the taxi industry. 
And these are largely motivated by individuals wanting a particular gain. So it boils down to political, economic or personal gain. Here's Greg Arday. Lindy, the people generally targeted in political assassinations are those who have influence over public spending. And then there are an array of people in this category. They are mostly members of the ruling African National Congress, or the ANC, and they're government officials at municipal, provincial, and national level who have some power to determine how public funds are spent. Those would be the obvious targets for political assassination. More underworld figures have become involved in what is basically a power contestation for access to the spoils of power. In a region with ridiculously high unemployment, being a a municipal councillor or an official is is a prized position, especially if you're prepared to accept bribes to influence state tenders. So a municipal official or or a councillor is not terribly well paid, but relative to millions of unemployed people, it's a ticket to ride. And then if you're prepared to become involved in corruption, your earning potential is dramatically improved. Greg, why are political assassinations so prevalent in KZN? I think that emanates from the the deep legacy of violence here, which has its roots in the conflict between the ANC and its rival, the Encarta Freedom Party, and the apartheid state. So in the build-up to the democratic elections of 1994, the IFP and the ANC were at each other in in all-out war and the apartheid state was deeply involved in fomenting that violence for its own ends. I suppose what they did was that created what somebody perfectly described as the culture of blood. A history of violence and a culture of blood that has permeated many aspects of life in KwaZulu-Natal and South Africa in general, including the taxi industry. The multi-billion rand industry ferries more than 60% of the country's daily commuters. It's largely self-regulated and marked by competition over routes. Competition so fierce, the industry has earned itself its very own category of assassinations. Here's Koita Tobela. There's high levels of um, hits that are recorded in the taxi industry. Normally, it would be restricted to political motivated hits and organized crime and personal hits. But South Africa shows an overwhelming number of hits that are related to the taxi industry. So we had to now put it in its own category. And our database shows that it accounts for about 46% of the overall assassinations in South Africa. And there's a number of reasons that have been attributed to this. And one of them is that the taxi industry is sort of self-regulating body. It's, It's largely dependent on the taxi associations regulating it. And most of the violence that takes place in the taxi industry has been linked to disputes Um, or conflict over roots. In recent decades, an unholy alliance has emerged between criminal gangs within the taxi industry and politicians. Here's Greg Arday again. There's a breed of men called Inkabi, which is the Zulu word for hitman. When I wrote War Party, I dedicated a third of my book to the minibus taxi industry 
just because I kept on being drawn back into the taxi industry because the taxi industry by and large incubates these inkabi or killers. They're used by taxi bosses to dominate routes and push out rivals, but they're also guns for hire and they're used to settle political scores and they're used in personal feuds. And the worrying trend in South Africa, as far as I'm concerned, is the growing links between taxi bosses and corrupt politicians. That hired guns and politicians work together to carry out assassinations is frightening, Greg. What does this mean for the country's democracy? I think what this portends is quite terrifying. Assassinations are obviously the most brutal, violent, chilling exercise of power. So the effect of the, of the killings is obvious. It's, it's massively intimidating. It, it stifles democracy. I spoke to an ANC member on, on a story recently, and he related how he had been nominated by his local ANC branch to stand as a councillor in, in the local government elections in November. And then he just backed out because he realised that he, he, while he wanted to do the right thing, he, he would die and his family would lose their breadwinner because he wanted to shine a light on corruption. So people like him, people with conscience, all these people are increasingly shrinking, you know, in the face of this brutal and, and this brutal power. It's not just political counsellors and aspirants that succumb to these violent deaths, but whistleblowers and activists too. Anyone who poses a serious threat to a local official's access to deals or tenders risks their lives. The leaders of Abahlali Basim Jondolo, a popular grassroots social movement representing shack dwellers and the marginalized poor in South Africa, have regularly come under attack. Since 2009 up to now, we have lost 23 activists and leaders of Abahlali who in the hands of the ANC-led government. This is Tapelo Mohale, a shack dweller and the Secretary General of Abahlali Basem Jondolo. We are political, social movement that is rooted on the ground. But ours is not the party politics. Ours is what we call living politics. When we are in the General Assemblies, in the communities, what we discuss is not about which political party to promote and whether we should go into electoral processes. But what we discuss is the fact that we do not have water, that we do not have access to land, that we do not have access to decent housing, that we do not have access to basic services such as electricity, that we do not count in our, our dignity does not count in the society. Tapelo, how would you describe your organization's relationship with the ANC? So the relationship between ourselves and the government is not a good one because the ANC sees us as enemies. They do not see us as people who are promoting human dignity. They see us as people who should be killed with impunity. People have died in the hands of the police. People have been killed in the hands of the hitmen hired by some of the high-profile ANC politicians in the province. We are being targeted because we are exposing corruption that is taking place when it comes to the allocation of housing that is supposed to be meant for the poor. We are being targeted because we question the authorities whenever there is anything wrong that is happening in the municipalities and in government. And that's why we are being a target. That's why we are being killed. 
What makes you so certain that the ANC is behind the deaths of your colleagues? Right now, as we speak, two white councillors of the ANC are serving life imprisonment for having killed or conspired to kill one of our own, Tulindov, who was the chairperson of the branch in Guandengues. Her crime was to uncover the corruption that was taking place in that particular area, and the councillors hired a hitman, and they shot her seven times and killed her in front of her children. And on top of that, the hitman shot and wounded a young man who had visited Tulindrovu on that day. So we have no doubt that the ANC is behind the killings of Abasadi Basam Jondolo. In 2018, South Africa's police ministry launched a task team to investigate political killings. Here's the police minister, Becky Tele, speaking at a press conference earlier this year. It is important to note the significant progress made by the task team which has secured life sentences for 10 accused. More than 22 accused have uh, have sentences ranging from 10 to 50 years handed down to them. 12 accused have been convicted for no more than 10 years and the remainder are going through the court processes. Greg, are you optimistic about the work of the task team and especially the ANC's willingness to investigate and prosecute perpetrators within their own ranks. Lindy, in spite of everything I've said that's so critical of of the ANC and of the police, there are some ANC members with conscience and some good, honest cops and incorruptible prosecutors who are putting up a a spirited fight. And and most of us are are crazy hopeful that that they they will triumph but they really do seem to be in a minority and they seem to be, you know, pushing boulders uphill. So people are arrested and villains are convicted. But broadly, as to the ANC's commitment to act against its own members, I'm deeply cynical. The party says all the right things and there's lots of public hand-wringing after a killing and pledges to bring the killers to book. But at the end of the day, the ANC has to stop behaving like a criminal enterprise. It has to come clean on its donations, and more more especially, who benefits from public spending. As recently as May, the Abahlali movement lost yet another leader in an assassination. Nokutula Mabaso was shot six times outside her home, the day before she was to appear in court to provide evidence against the alleged gunman in the murder of another Abahlali assassination victim. Unsurprisingly, Tapelo has little faith in the capacity or willingness of the police or authorities to deliver justice to his community. I have no words for the South African authorities. For the last 10 years, they failed us. We've buried 23 comrades. Uh, 23 is enough for us. So we are saying that whoever is listening from anywhere else in Africa, abroad and everywhere else, a human, human rights defenders, We are saying that we need solidarity. We need people to speak our voice so that we can be heard. We want to take this further than ever before to say that pressure must be put on the South African government to protect human rights defenders. Tapelo, do you fear for your life? I am in hiding right now. Um, I am away from my family. Um, I try by all means for my kids to come and visit me where I am. Um, I have to leave my community 
uh, I'm unable to organize. Um, I, I, I'm not the only one. Um, the president of Abashal Basam Jondolo is uh, on a 24-hour security um, because there has been a hit list that has come out. Uh, the deputy president of Abashali has to relocate. Um, we are working with the frontline defenders and international network of human rights defenders to actually try and provide some sort form of security training, but also some form of uh, security for ourselves for in, in a form of safe housings. We are living in fear. They are just waiting for a call to say that we are no more. Arguably, the biggest event on South Africa's political calendar this year will be the ANC's National Elective Conference in December. The ruling party will elect its key leaders, which, in turn, is a determinant of who will likely lead South Africa when the nation goes to the polls in 2024. KZN, and indeed other regions, will be drawn into the ANC's fierce internal leadership contest, characterized by violence and intimidation, with deeply worrying implications for democracy and the rule of law. That's where we leave it for this episode of Africa and the Global Illicit Economy from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. Thank you to my guests, Greg Arday, Oita Tobela, and Tapelo Mohale. If you'd like to read up on political assassinations in South Africa, the GI has done loads of research into the subject, including the latest risk bulletin from the GI's East and Southern Africa Observatory. You'll find the link in the podcast notes. And do visit our website, globalinitiative.net, for more on illicit economies and organized crime in Africa and beyond. I'm your host, Lindim Tongana. Thanks for listening. <laughs>